welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. Hope everybody out there had a happy holidays and had a good one. Hope you're able to spend time with friends and family and all that good stuff. I know I did. I'm a very, very fortunate person and know how lucky I am. And also lucky to have such great friends and listeners of the show. Thanks for tuning in today, whether you're doing it on cnjradio.com or you are subscribed on iTunes so you never miss one single show. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, I I had a, a listener or two, or maybe just one, ask me what I wanted for Christmas, and they were very generous. So uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, the rest of you, in case you wanted to know what I wanted, I merely just wanted you to spread the word about Rock Strikes 10 and uh, tell your friends and like-minded people, co-workers, girlfriends, whatever. I'm not going to steal your girlfriend. I'm very well kept. But uh, besides all that, also just maybe going over to iTunes, the Rock Strikes 10 page on iTunes, and leaving a review, uh, hopefully with five stars, uh, so I can get some motion going on here. That's all. That's all the begging I'm doing here on the show today, because it would be in poor taste otherwise. Uh, this is the second of what's going to be five year-end shows for Rock Strikes 10. I'm not going to get crazy with like an album list. That's merely just going to be a two-parter. Uh, the next two episodes, I'm going to try to get them out pretty much back-to-back because it is uh, something we got to do here. I've decided to do it every year, and I think at this point, I let the list pile up so much that I think just as it goes, once we hit 10 people we're going to miss, I'm just going to do a show in memoriam to them. I think that's how I'm going to do it from now on. So they may not appear at the end of the year from now on, but you know we'll see how it goes down. Uh, today on the show, you're going to get the first of a two-part episode. Like I said, the other one's coming up like right away, within a day or two of each other. And we're going to reflect on the people that are no longer with us, that left us this year, uh, that had an important impact on music, no matter what genre they played. It all fit there into rock and roll somehow. And uh, that's what I'm doing on the show here today. I'm going to start off here with something that's still pretty fresh in my mind. Uh, you know, if, if any of you out there pay attention like the hard rock or metal news sites, you might have seen this the other day. Uh, one of our local boys uh, left us, and he actually went out swinging. He did it on stage. Uh, Mike Skasha. I've, I've always thought I was saying that wrong. Maybe I still am. But uh guy actually has been a big part of my music listening life for a long time. Uh, he's appeared on more than 20 records in his life. Uh, he's most well known as being a, a guitar player for Ministry. Uh, on and off guitar player, actually, he was still kind of current with Ministry. Just played on their recent album, Relapse, this year. And he was also a full-time member of Rigor Mortis whenever they played gigs out here. And Rigor Mortis is a very important metal band from the Dallas-Fort Worth community. Uh, and that's uh, he was playing with them the other night uh, in Fort Worth. And he collapsed on stage, uh, had a seizure, and uh, he, he died. He didn't make it. Uh, he died uh, officially a few hours later, but he, like I said, he passed out on stage, and uh, which was unfortunate because it was, it was supposed to be a big, fun kind of Christmas gig, and also it was the 50th birthday of the lead singer of Rigor Mortis, so it was like a big, joyous occasion. You know, and hey, the guy's got kids, and uh, I'm sure he was just trying to make some extra money for uh, his kids for Christmas, and... Uh, it's sad, man. The guy was only 47 years old, and he already left us. Uh, but uh, yeah, when uh, in my formidable years listening to what was becoming the new alternative of 
of heavy music, you know, the 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 industrial type bands, uh, you know, that were taking uh, heavy music and doing something different with it. And I think that was really cool what they did. So when when Skasha got together with Al Jorgensen and Ministry, they just created some great music together. I mean, he came right in, had done the Mine is a Terrible Thing to Taste tour with him. They went in the studio and recorded what is arguably Ministry's greatest album. In my opinion, it is, and that's the Psalm 69 record uh, from 1992. Great record, and the guitar tone on there is great. It's just a fun, heavy, pissed-off record. So I'm going to start the show off here today with something from Psalm 69 by Ministry in memory of Mike Skasha. You will be missed, sir. So here you go. Let's listen to that badass guitar. And here it is, just one fix.
All right, that was Ministry with Just One Fix. A great spotlight there of Mike Scotch's great guitar work with that band. Uh, great tone, great feel. Uh, big fan of that record, like I said, once again. And uh, you can find plenty of records that Mike has played on throughout his career. Uh, not only, he played on the Ministry albums, like I said, Psalm 69. He played on Filth Pig. He played on Houses of the Mole, or Houses of the Mole, as, as I learned over the years. Rio Grande Blood, cover-up album, and Relapse from this year, like I said. He also played on a Lard record, a couple of Lard records, I think, Pure Chewing Satisfaction. I have that record, and another one, I know. And he played on some Revolting Cox records. And, like I said, the uh, the self-titled Rigor Mortis album from 1998 is a, is a big deal down here in Texas. So go check that out. If you're an old-school thrash fan, definitely check out the Rigor Mortis self-titled album from 1988. I chose just one fix because I thought it was fitting. Uh, it's uh, something that I think a lot of people have heard. Uh, just hearing him, maybe not even knowing him ever, but uh, you know they've heard that song. And that that's kind of what uh, some of these deaths are going to be about, is the people you've heard uh, through your life and you may not know their name, but they definitely had an impact on music and yourself if you're a big music fan. This next one might be another example of that. Hardcore rock fans know this guy by his name, but uh, unfortunately, Ronnie Montrose also left us this year. He died on March 3rd of this year, and, uh, you know, of course he had his own band, Montrose, in the 70s, which introduced us to a young, fresh-faced Sammy Hagar. Uh, he played on so many other things. Uh, you know, his Sinanegar winner, very stellar. Uh, he played on the They Only Come Out at Night album, which had Frankenstein and Freeride on it, so right Right there, that's that's all you need to have your legacy submitted in classic rock. And if he never did anything else, he'd be known for that. Uh, he play. He even played on uh, uh, some tracks on Gary Wright's Dreamweaver album. Jeez, uh, and uh, he played on Van Morrison's Tupelo Honey, which is uh, uh, I know my friend Becca. She loves that album. Uh, a lot of people love that album. So yeah, I mean, Ronnie Montrose got around for sure. And uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and go with this song here off of the first Montrose album, the self-titled one, just called Montrose. Like I said, it introduced us to Sammy Hagar. And as far as I'm concerned, it introduced the world to this type of guitar sound. I don't think that anybody ever made their guitar sound like a motorcycle speeding off into the sunset before this song. So right then and there, I think that's awesome and uh, a really important part of music. So many people have copied it since then. So here you go. Here's the original. In memory of Ronnie Montrose, this is Montrose with vocals by Sammy Hagar. Turn it up. This is Bad Motor Scooter. <laughs> Get lonely on your daddy's farm. 
That was Montrose with Bad Motor Scooter. Thank you, Ronnie, for that. That's greatness right there. And, uh, yeah, cancer sucks, man. And speaking of which, uh, the next person on the list here is yet another victim of the dreaded cancer. A Another guitar player who's very important to music and definitely not a household name, but this guy... Just for two songs. He played on so many things through his career, but just for two specific songs makes him an icon, in my opinion. A guy named Charles Pitts, uh, affectionately known as by his nickname Skip. Charles Pitts played on It's Your Thing by the Isley Brothers. That great, great guitar sound. That great riff. Uh, just beautiful. That As soon as he, his pick hits the string on that song at the beginning, I immediately get in a good mood, uh, right then and there. And the guy that really introduced the world to the 70s wah-wah guitar sound, for sure. Because the man played on the theme from Shaft by Isaac Hayes. You know, I could get cute and go with something really deep that he played on in his career by the Bokeys or Elmo in the Shades or, you know, something like that. And, and, and that stuff's great. But... How do you not submit the man's legacy by just playing what he is going to be known for forever? So here you go. This is Isaac Hayes with Shaft. 
That was Isaac Hayes with the theme from Shaft from 1971. Of course, the soundtrack of the same name. And that was the great Charles Pitts really doing it right there. I mean, it's, it's you know, if you have the pedal, it's simple to do, but he did it first, really. I mean, that is the sound. So there you go. Rest in peace, Charles Pitts. You definitely submitted your legacy in music. We thank you for that. I I was I pretty much almost flipped the coin practically with either playing that or it's your thing, but you know, you gotta go with Shaft. Who doesn't love that? I love it. So yeah. Uh the next song I'm gonna play here I actually I did play this song on the show about six months ago. But you know, even out of all of the songs that this man has, 
in the songs that he's ever played. To me, this is one of those other just iconic performances for his instrument. So I'm talking about a gentleman by the name of Bob Babbitt. Not a household name, right? I confess I didn't know the man's name until this year, until I you know, found out he died. Uh, but Bob Babbitt was in the Funk Brothers, which was the house band for Motown Records back in the day, in the heyday. Uh, he was one of two of their go-to bass players. Basically used to trade off with James Jamerson, who was the other guy in the, in the Motown house band. He definitely wasn't an alternate, that's for sure. I mean, the man played on Sign, Sealed, Deliver, I'm Yours by Stevie Wonder. He played on Band of Gold by Frida Payne. He played on Inner City Blues and Mercy, Mercy Me by Marvin Gaye. Temptations, Just My Imagination. Tears of a Clown by Smokey Robinson. I mean, you know those songs. You love those songs. I know I do, at least. You know, but I, I think, really, this bass line right here has got to be the one. Like I said, I just played on the show about six months ago. But you're going to hear Bob throw down on this with his bass line. Kicks off the song. How can we not do it? So here you go. This is the temptations and memory of Bob Abbott with One, Ball of Confusion.
right, there you go. That was for Bob Babbitt. That was Bala Confusion by The Temptations in memory of that man. Uh, great bass line right there. Love it. I immediately know what that song is when I hear it. So there you go. That makes it super important. And uh, that song, Bala Confusion, definitely a sign of the times. Was written at the time, you know, the late 60s, all the crazy things that were going on in the world. Of course, uh, you know, they don't uh, pussyfoot around when it comes to the subject matter on that song. Uh, so many weird things going on in the late 60s. And this next band was born out of all that crazy stuff as well. Another very angry band from this era. Uh, but super important. Super, super important. I can't say it enough. Uh, but a gentleman by the name of Michael Davis was the bass player for a band called the MC5. Which, if you ask many, they will tell you that MC5 invented punk rock music. You know, they were definitely, you know, they definitely built one of the wheels. That's for damn sure. Michael Davis, big part of that, with his super distorted bass just crackling through those amps. I think I found a really good gem here. You know, I, I could play Kick Out the Jams, and he sounds great on that. But, you know, for the, for this guy, I'm going to go a little deep because, uh, hey, they wouldn't have it any other way. That's as punk rock as they are. This is a great song off of the MC5 sophomore album, actually, called Back in the USA. Here you go. This is Looking at You.
there you go. That was the MC5 with Looking at You in memory of Michael Davis, their longtime bass player, who had actually even been playing in the band as of recently with uh, Handsome Dick Manitoba on lead vocals, with Wayne Kramer still on guitar, uh, Dennis Thompson still on drums, things like that. I, I, I didn't realize what was going on in the world of the MC5, uh, but... There you go, and uh, that's a shame. I, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to keep it going now because of that, but uh, uh, Michael actually died earlier this year in February. Uh, he died of liver failure, and he was 68 years old. Very sad. It's weird uh, for me doing a, a kind of an obituary for a guy named Michael Davis. I actually have a co-worker also named Michael Davis, which obviously is a pretty common name, but it's just kind of surreal to me. So, Anyway, that being said, I'm going to move on to the next song here. Like we've been doing a little bit here on this particular episode, a lot of these guys are not household names. But for a guy like this, just like with Bob Babbitt earlier, and, you know, Charles Pitts, wow. I mean, this guy also made a major contribution with his instrument and influenced so many people. I'm talking about a man named Joe Moretti. Now, Joe Moretti was a session guitar player who just happened to play with a couple of guys in the 50s by the name of Vince Taylor and Johnny Kidd and the Pirates. Right then and there, that means he played on Brand New Cadillac and Shaking All Over. Those were the big ones right there. And to me, the guitar tone on this it had to have influenced a generation of, of views back in the 50s. Uh, so here you go. Here's Johnny Kidd and the Pirates with Joe Moretti's amazing guitar. Here it is. Shaking all over. Shaking all over 
Alright, that was Johnny Kidd with Shaking All Over, featuring the late Joe Moretti on guitar. That was actually from August 1960, just off the cusp of the 50s there. And uh, I, I was actually going through his bio uh, while the song was playing. And, you know, back back in the day, especially with the session musicians, apparently some people didn't get proper credits on the albums and, you know, just playing so many songs, sometimes they may not even remember they played on it, but uh, Moretti actually went back at some point uh, during his life and uh, took some ownership in a way over the stuff he played on as far as letting people know, hey, that's me, you know, I want people to know this stuff. So here's another couple of songs that he played guitar on that you, you, you may know these albums. I don't know, like Donovan's Mellow Yellow and Tom Jones is not unusual and if you think about it that that crazy solo and it's not unusual sounds exactly like the kind of stuff that you hear on Shaking All Over and Brand New Cadillac so I mean hey that it's got to be him uh but sadly yeah Joe left us this year in February due to lung cancer uh he was 73 years old rest in peace Joe Moretti you definitely made an important contribution to music and we thank you uh, I, you know, I didn't really plan it this way on this part one. But it's very guitar heavy on this episode. And uh, here's another one. This is no exception. Another guy who definitely came in during that 50s era that made a very important contribution is a guy by the name of Bill Dees. Once again, not a household name, but the man for all intents and purposes was the, was alongside performing and a songwriting partner with the late great Roy Orbison. Bill just now left us uh, about a month and a half ago, at the end of October. Uh, he died uh, in Mountain Home, Arkansas. And you go and look at his bio, you will see all a lot of the huge Roy Orbison hits, and that includes Pretty Woman, of course. Uh, I'm going to play another number one. Uh, at least it was a number one in England. Uh, and I really like this song a lot. And uh, I guess it's kind of apropos. It's kind of the sad show for the year. So here you go. This is a great Bill Dees composition along with Roy Orbison, the great Roy Orbison, of course. Here is It's Over. Your baby doesn't love you anymore. Golden days before the end. Secrets to the wind Your baby won't be near you anymore Tender nights before they fly Send falling stars that seem to
and say goodbye You won't be seeing rainbows anymore Setting suns before they fall Echo to you, that's all, that's all There you go. That was the late great Roar Orbison alongside now the late great Bill Dees with It's Over. And uh, like I said, he wrote about half of Roy's biggest hits. Uh, he's not credited on the other half, but he wrote some very important stuff. And like I said, if they never wrote Pretty Woman together, who knows where music would be, right? So there you go. Definitely made his contribution for damn sure. And uh, another guy who nearly doesn't get enough credit, another guitar guy, actually, who also sings this guy, uh, a fellow by the name of Bob Welch. Uh, Bob Welch left us this year. Very sad, especially, uh, you know, after he died, I was reading a lot about his personal life and everything, uh, and it it was just really sad. Uh, I know that uh, his wife, uh, apparently him and his wife were just, like, inseparable. They'd go out friends of his and acquaintances would be like, you know, I've never seen a better couple than uh, Bob Welch and his wife, Wendy. Found out that uh, he had had spinal surgery and they said that uh, he wouldn't get better. He was in a lot of pain and he actually wound up committing suicide because he didn't want to burden his wife with having to take care of an invalid. That's just heartbreaking right there. It's almost like Yeah, it's admirable, but it's so sad at the same time. I'm sure his wife would rather him be around still than not be around. Uh, You know, it's it's, uh, two sides of the coin kind of thing, I guess. But uh, maybe not on a lighter note, but on a different note, Bob Welch was also a former member of an early era of Fleetwood Mac. Uh, Not the original Peter Green version, but uh, what he called the bridge era. And it was the one right between the Peter Green era and the Lindsey Buckingham, Stevie Nicks era. Not a very extremely popular version, but I will say the albums that he appeared on sold a combined 2 million records, and that's nothing to sneeze at. And, uh, you know, they still sell here and there. And according to Mick Fleetwood's biography, he actually gave Bob Welch the credit of saving Fleetwood Mac, or else it would have never gone on. And uh, here's also where I take a... More exception to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. When Fleetwood Mac was inducted in 1998, they actually snubbed Bob Welch out of being included in that whole thing. And I think that's crap. Uh, Because, you know, hey, who better than Mick Fleetwood to tell you that he's an important member of the band's history? But whatever, after uh, he left Fleetwood Mac, uh, he moved on and had a solo career. And he actually had a a couple of hits there. I'm going to play one of them right here. Uh, And it's funny, I think some of his bigger hits were songs he had written while he was in Fleetwood Mac, but then he took them, re-recorded them, rearranged them, made them his own. Uh, You know, you probably may think I'm going to play Sentimental Lady, and I like that song, but I think it's a little too, maybe a little too light for Rock Strikes 10. I'm going to go with the the better one, the, the rocker off of the French Kiss album from 1977. Here is Bob Welch with Ebony Eyes. 
All right, there you go. That was Bob Welch with Ebony Eyes off of the... It's a really great album, 1977's French Kiss album. Go check it out. That's a, that's a nice gem from the uh, 70s collection right there. And now another performance here from the 70s era. Uh, this is going to be like a two-for-one deal here. We're going to do a little bit of uh, In Memoriam of Two People on one track. I try to do this when I can because, you know, so many people leave us during the course of the year. So turning a negative into a positive, I like to find maybe if they perform together on a track, anybody out there that goes within the time frame of the calendar year. And I found one, actually. I actually had to dig for this. I uh, I just thought there had to be a connection between these two guys, having no idea that they ever played in a band together for a decent amount of time, but I found it. And uh, uh, Levon Helm died earlier this year, and... Uh, you know, I, I think I might even mention this uh, when Travis was on earlier this year. We did the Southern Rock uh, special. That was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, but, I, you know, I'm not the biggest band fan in the world. I'll admit it, you know. And I, I think he's got a cool voice, actually. I really think the, the, the vocal performances that Levon Helm contributed while he was in the band are iconic. They will last forever. People will be listening to those records forever. And I totally understand why he's important. Just because I'm not the biggest fan of the guy uh, doesn't mean that, you know, I'm right. <laughs> you know, it's just not my thing sometimes, you know. I I gotta, you know, I'll do like a best of the band. That'll probably be it for me. But uh, it's very sad when someone this talented goes. And uh, Levon Helm, definitely no exception. Uh, I found out that uh, right there towards the end of the 70s, when uh, after the band broke up, in 1977, Levon Helm, put a basically an all-star band together called the RCO All-Stars. And in that lineup was a bass player by the name of Donald Duck Dunn. Now, that's another guy that has left us this year, unfortunately. Uh, but Donald Dunn played on... God, it probably... I would venture to say maybe even like 90% of the Stax Records catalog. Talking earlier about Bob Babbitt. That guy played on a ton of records, tons of hit records. Uh, but Donald Duck Dunn played on Otis Records, Otis Redding, Rufus Thomas, Carla Thomas, William Bell. He, his work with the Blues Brothers notwithstanding. He's, he's, he was in the Blues Brothers. He was their bass player. You see the movie, the guy on the bass, that's him, the guy with the pipe. Uh, he played on Isaac Hayes Records, played for Elvis, played for Neil Young and Jerry Lee and Dylan and CCR even. I mean, the guy is like the session bass player of all time. Uh, cool enough to be in a band with a bunch of black guys and pull it off. That's how much uh, awesome feel and soul Donald Duck Dunn had going through his hands. The guy was the man, that's for sure. Uh, so here you go. We're going to pay tribute to both Levon Helm and Donald Duck Dunn. This is from a New Year's Eve live performance, 1977. This is Levon Helm and the RCO All-Stars, along with Mr. Donald Duck Dunn, doing version of the band's Ophelia. Here you go.
Alright, there you go. That was Levon Helm and the RCO All-Stars with Ophelia. Paying tribute to both Mr. Helm and Mr. Donald Duck Dunn. Thank you so much for everything you did. You are very missed. That's for damn sure. I will always go aw every time I watch the Blues Brothers and see you on the screen there, my friend. So it's not just John anymore. But hopefully you and John are having fun somewhere right now in the afterlife. So I'd like to think that at least. Uh, moving on, speaking of live performances, going to do another live performance here. And I basically just had to go with, okay, well, what what can we do on the show here that is not on this playlist? It's nothing like this. So it's one of those things where I could have picked any song that this person wrote. And there's a good chance you would know it. This gentleman was not known as a musician whether he was or not i'm not even sure but this man could write a tune that's for sure talking about a man by the name of hal david hal david was a burt Bacharach's songwriting partner they wrote so many hit songs together it's ridiculous thankfully hal lived a long life he died at the beginning of september this year at age 91 so the man lived a full life nothing tragic about that uh, left his mark on popular music forever. You're talking about pop music. This guy could write some pop songs that will last forever and would stick in your head forever. Uh, songs that Dionne Warwick did, The Carpenters, Dusty Springfield, Tom Jones, uh, you know, some of the stuff that Backrack put out on his own. The friggin' uh, Julio, uh, Willie Nelson, Julio Iglesias song, To All the Girls I Loved Before. He wrote that. Uh, he wrote Sea of Heartbreak. I love that song. Uh, my favorite version is by Johnny Cash. Uh, he wrote some of the Bond themes. Ah, oh, goodness. I, I'm, I'm blanking here, but there's a huge list of songs he wrote. Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, always something there to remind me. I'll Never Fall in Love Again, Walk On By, which one of my favorite songs ever. I Say a Little Prayer. What's New Pussycat? You know these songs. You know all these songs. I'm pretty sure you do. Uh, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, maybe tied with Walk On By, uh, Hal David, Burt Bacharach songs, has got to be This Guy's In Love With You. Yes, the Herb Albert song, This Guy's In Love With You, is most famously known as. Um, but since this is Rock Strikes 10 after all, and you've been so kind to listen to this whole episode, I, I know I don't play a lot of stuff like this throughout the year, so I'm going to throw you a bone here, hopefully. Uh, this is a version, a live version, of this guy's in love with you, done spot on, without any kind of comedy value, even if it was intended. I don't really hear it too much. Uh, but this is, this guy's in love with you, by Faith No More. Here you go. Show you a 
Right, that was This Guy's In Love With You, live. I believe that was live at, like, uh, maybe somewhere in Europe or something like that. But anyway, uh, that was the great Faith No More. I hope they decide to start playing a few more shows, maybe. I'd, I'd love to see them live at some point. Uh, but anyway, that was for Hal David, the uh, one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Uh, no contest about that. And uh, I remember uh, you guys, listeners and friends of the show, I'm sure you remember Logan been on the show a couple of times. I remember him picking out a uh, Bacharach box set back in the record store days, like really early on, and he like seemed excited about it. I was like, Burt Bacharach? And he was like, no, dude. No, these songs, 
these are like the songs. These are the ones you go to for referencing some of the greatest pop songwriting of all time. And he's absolutely right. He was absolutely right. At the time, I almost didn't want to hear it. But now I totally get it. So there you go. That one's especially dedicated to you, Logan, Mr. Hal David. Everybody on the show, uh, you know, the show's dedicated to those guys. And, uh, you know, like I said, I just thank you guys for the contributions that you made to the world of music. It's a better world because of you guys. That's for sure. And I mean that. So on that note, I'm going to say bye for this particular episode. Uh, we're going to come back with part two just in a day or two. So we're going to do some more memoriam so we can just, you know, kind of get them out of the way. But I also, there's so many people, I just had to do two of these shows. And that's still not enough to cover everybody that went this year. But uh, these are the, the, the 20, 21 people, you know, since we did a double there. Uh, the 20 or so people that uh, I really wanted to highlight because I really thought that they were truly exceptional in their time. So uh, still more to come. I'm sure you could think of a few, and they will be on the next episode. That's almost guaranteed. So we'll see you on the next one. Until then, everybody go to cnjradio.com. Uh, leave me some comments. Send me a personal email. Let me know what you think of the show. Feel free to use the links to go to the Facebook and the Twitter and all that stuff. We can have a conversation about this. If uh, by the end of part two, if you feel I really did an injustice and left a particular person off the list, please let me know because, you know, I will make that public apology. It, you know, I'm sure. I'll just say right off, Whitney ain't going to be on these episodes. So, sorry. That's just how I feel. But anyway, yeah, yeah, she sold millions of records. I get it. Okay. All right. Can we just kind of say every now and then it's kind of a rock show, guys? So, anyway. All right. Moving on. Whitney aside. There. Uh, but thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I'll see you on the next part. And uh, feel free to, like I said, send me the messages and the emails over who you're going to miss the most this year. And or also uh, send me in your favorite songs and albums of the year. I'd still love to hear from you guys. I'm curious. I'm interested. So uh, well, let's get it going. Until then, we'll see you on the next part. Bye, guys. Have fun. As you said in the words of your song Too many times married men think they're still single That has caused many a good girl to go wrong